Get the Patreon to $10,000 an episode, and I will make an episode every day until we get to episode 666. <laughs> well, that won't take, it'll just take two years. I'm like in a year that, and a half. You can make yeah. $10,000 an episode, and you're all willing to pay it for an episode a day. I'll do it. Yes. I think maybe I love this idea. Listen, that's a lot of money, a lot of support for the show. I I think it, would it be worth it in regards to what that might do to our brains? If I think we so. read one of these stories every day. I mm. Well, hold on. So, okay. let me do the, let me do some math Let's here. So, we want to do 666 episodes. Yep. So we are yeah. at 166 now, so we have 500 episodes to do. 500 episodes to do. Mm-hmm. 500 times 10,000 mm-hmm. is Five million dollars. We'd be we'd each have a million and a half dollars split uh, three ways if if we if we did ten thousand dollars an episode for five hundred. Is this days. too much behind the scenes accounting? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd get slightly more because I'd be editing. But I feel like if we're doing it every day, we'd have to split. <laughs> right. We'd have to split the editing. Co- we'd like we'd have to go round robin. We would have editing. to round robin. I mean, at this yeah. point, it would be our jobs and ultimately our retirement. Uh, uh, plan to just work yeah. for two years this is my i mean goosebuds already is the most consistent thing in my career so let's go i think uh, it's close it's a close second for me yeah you're unfortunately you're up against continue and super try <laughs> but we, this is our 10th year right or well yeah, we are approaching our 10th year anniversary which yeah wow we'll have to do something despite everything that means well if you want um you can do what we did for continue, which is just have your 10 year anniversary during a global pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> and then just not <laughs> we'll do it. We'll see anything. if that happens. And, that really honestly, shut down ContinueCon 2020. <laughs> that was a real shame. We had all, we had rented the hall. We had paid off all the uh, guys that bring the inflatable rats if you don't hire the union. <laughs> we didn't hire the union. We just paid the guys off. <laughs> you just wanted the big rat. You got to have the inflatable rats. <laughs> inflatable rat's a fun guy to have. Rizzo, I think his name is. He was your mayor. That's Who is your beloved man? Our, our very beloved mayor. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, Rizzo the Rat's just the Muppet guy. Never mind. I don't know what the inflatable rat's name is. Scabby. Well, come on, I should have figured freaking figured that out. Scabby. Who? who all right. Who are we talking? What? What is this? Who's Scabby? You don't know Scra- Scabby's the if you if you're aware of union uh, uh, tech tactics for sh- like shutting down like a a scab. <laughs> A scab thing is they show up with with uh ra- with this inflatable rat uh to non union jobs. There's a non yeah. There's in, in the Wikipedia page, Kevin. There's a inflatable rat in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Holy I, shit! I don't want to. I don't want to part the curtain. You know, pull back the curtain too much on this. Mm-hmm. But I I think there are is more than one scabby. I hope not. I mean, you think that... there's just one rat balloon that they take everywhere? I have to believe that the unions are passing that thing around the country. Like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. He's like the yeah. Stanley Cup of unions. <laughs> also, the chances of that inflatable rat being made with union labor are basically zero. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely... That's, that's Scabby's great burden, is he realizes <laughs> that he is also part of the machine. Every time he pops, he says, let me be a warning to you. <laughs> let my failures be a warning to non-union work. Well, we got to get that rat for Goosebuds Con, uh, so we can put a red hat on it and have Stinko. <laughs> okay, okay, yes, because we are a pro-union podcast. Okay, yeah. we're, we're a pro-union, okay. but let's maybe we need to like pose ourselves as anti-union, just so they'll just bring the rat, <laughs> and then we put the hat on and we go surprise. 
we're pro union. Stinko. <laughs> Surprise, it's Stinko. We're pro union. Everything. Jokes on you. We love this shit. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I feel like Stinko needs to come back in in a big way. Not so, not so much in the books because I don't think that's a possibility. Uh-huh. But <laughs> well, you never know. Errol's gonna write another six hundred books. We're and I guess we can't steal Stinko and uh, for our own purposes. We could have like Stonko. <laughs> Isn't there isn't there a way like like Steamboat Willie is now in the public domain? If you just wait, that rat will come around. All right, we d- that's some elf ass thinking right there. We speed yeah, yeah that is that's that's the elf way. Uh, <laughs> we speed run to six hundred and sixty six ep- six episodes, become millionaires, buy yeah. the rights to Stinko. <laughs> Boom, bingo, bango. Less than two years, we got Stinko yeah. content to talk about. Can you can you imagine RL opening the letter that is from our lawyers requesting purchasing the option to Stinko, and he's like, "Who's who's Stinko?" And a heavy bar of gold falls onto his crotch, and we laugh. <laughs> I think RL both hates and thinks about us so much <laughs> that. He would keep trying to jack the price up until we we just keep doing episodes and we eventually buy him out because like he, he'll do anything to keep Stinko out of our hands because we're so important. <laughs> he knows you know? we, we knows it means too much to us. <laughs> That's why he won't put Stinko in any more books. Why are you withholding from us, RL? RL, we could be friends. Don't make but... us get the rat, RL. The <laughs> other rat, Rat L Stein. <laughs> <laughs> rat lover stein <laughs> oh shit oh my god do you guys do you guys you know see that like because mickey mouse is public domain now there's like all these now original projects is he though you, is he officially it's just steamboat willie right like so, so only a black and white mouse that is taking shipments down the river i guess <laughs> is public domain and he can wear pants he can wear pants because normal Mickey doesn't wear pants. He just has his ding-dong out all the time. And also, he can have a girlfriend who looks like him. Okay. Guys, guys, ready? Since we're talking about this, he's in the public domain. Yeah. Stevedore Stinko. What do you think? Sorry, is his first name Stevedore? It's his job, but it's also his first name. What's a Stevedore? It's a, yeah, well, sorry. What's a Stevedore? You guys don't know what a Stevedore is? It's a person that works at a docks. Carry stuff down the river. Well, helps the stuff get carried down the river. You brought this up before, but I think you called it a stubador. Well, it's spelled fucking weird like that. Stubador. <laughs> oh, I've heard of stubador. <laughs> Hold on, let me look it up. It's 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 spe- it's or that's right. It is it's spelled stevador. S T E V E D O R E. Stevador. Is the ocean like a different planet? Like, do they get different <laughs> funny words? Is that why all the ship words are wacky? Well, they drink salt water and they get all silly out there, and then they <laughs> come up with all these weird phonetic things. Sorry for any of our ocean listen- listeners for our ignorance. Our maritime but. listeners. <laughs> yeah. It lives in the international waters where this podcast is fully legal. Sorry to any whales who are listening to this right now. But if you are whales, then could you please donate $10,000 to Goosebuds? But yeah, so so Steamboat Willie, he's public domain, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and like the, 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 the immediate thought that every single person has is what if uh what if it was a horror what if it was a spooky horror wouldn't that be wouldn't that be scary well chad have you watched steamboat willie yeah i played the kingdom hearts level <laughs> that's not what i asked <laughs> <laughs> but what are you, are you saying that the only thing you could do with it is to make like generic uh schlocky horror no the end of steamboat willie is just animal abuse what what, what? These, 
He's he's like playing a cat as an instrument by pulling its tail. Oh, that's oh just, yeah. Well, yeah. That's just, that's <laughs> Is just the a, cat into it? No. That's just a good time, <laughs> Mickey. A, I don't know what you're talking there's about. There's a cow, and he plays like a xylophone on the cow's teeth, and the cow seems to do it. But like, other than that, he's just kind of like... A, I do remember that playing that xylophone, that tittin' teeth like a xylophone. Yeah. Well, okay. So like, at the very <laughs> least, one of these generic junk horror Steamboat Willy projects... He should pull out someone's spine and then play it like a bow, you know, like, a, like, like an upright, upright bass, like an upright bass, maybe. Yeah, spin it yeah. around. Boom, boom, boom. I don't think they're going to at all. I think it's just gonna be like, what if a guy had a knife and he had a Steamboat Willie mask on? <laughs> no, that's scary. No, that's scary. That's yeah. like the uh, that's like that uh, Winnie the Pooh horror that came out. No, exactly. Blood, yeah. blood and honey, which <laughs> I imagine it's not great, but it got people to talk about it because look, it's Winnie the Pooh. I get it. Horror movies must be fun to make, and you got to sell them somehow. So you sell them I. Somehow. I, I can't really get mad at, I, I at just, this stuff. I just, well, I, I, I'm not guessing I'm mad. I just want more people to take this creative freedom to like, I don't know, make a, a series of Steamboat Willie cartoons where he's just delivering uh, uh, drugs. <laughs> See, that's too edgy still. No, Steamboat Willie's just de- <laughs> like delivering medicine to third world countries and he's talking about socialist ideas and it's just a real good time. Uh, okay. You lost me. That's okay. a snoozer. Okay. <laughs> it's like no, it's like tailspin. But you know, like it's it's helping. It's giving f- f- aid. <laughs> Yawn. And Bluto can still be like, I hate this. I hate that you're giving this medical aid to this country. I lost the thread here, Chad. What's the? What are we trying to do with this again? What's our goal? He's I'm trying just... to do. He's trying to do something with Steamboat Willie, but there's nothing good about Steamboat. Willie. <laughs> It's not even mid. It's just kind of boring. Like, I get that it came early. Like, it's an early thing. That's why we have access to it in general. But it's like, have you seen Fooly Cooly? Like, that's a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> like, nothing crazy is going on in Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Willie picked up a guitar and hit the moon with it. Yeah, Steamboat yeah. Willie's like, if you were listening to, like, Daft Punk around the world and then someone went and scratched the record and then put on like a 1920s uh like like jazz album that was like and then that's that's what you're hearing now and that's the that's what it feels like to go back and watch that to me yeah that's what it feels like to me it's just we've done other things with animation since steamboat willie (laughs) yeah but like I, get, I don't know. I get wanting to dunk on Disney because that is a right and good thing we should do. But I don't know if it's possible to make good art out of just hatred. I think I think instead of making the steamboat, I think instead of making the steamboat Willie content, here's my goal. Here's my plan. What's yeah. up? Hundreds of thousands of people create copyright infringing content and release it on the at the same time and force them to d- to be DDoS'd by by uh, copyright infringement. Paul, I think you're onto something here because I think that's been bothering me because (laughs) the fact that Steamboat Willie's in the public domain makes it not very punk to use. Like, we should have more illegal art. Sure. Illegal art's fun as shit. Yeah. Just maybe, I don't know. I feel like most people are just making Steamboat Willie shit because it's SEO friendly right now. Mm, I see. 
I didn't even know this was happening. I'm so off the internet that I don't even know what's going on. In the in the in the in the public domain chat rooms that I'm part of, where we all just ex- eagerly, excitedly wait for something <laughs> to go public domain. But you've always <laughs> been into that. You've always been a PDer. Yeah, uh, it's been pretty quiet since Wizard of Oz. Uh, <laughs> great, Great Gatsby, and then nothing. Now we got Steamboat Willie. So come on, let's. Uh, think some Virginia Wolf went public domain oh, this hell year. Hell yeah. Um, do you think? Do you think we could live? We touched on this a little bit with Stink already. Mm-hmm. Can any? Can can we please make a promise to, to each of us right now? This is like sort of a tontine. Okay. What other. is that? Ooh. What does that mean? Go tell tontine, me. Tontine. Uh, it's like that Simpsons episode where like uh, Abe Simpson. They all found those like paintings and they decided to like keep the fortune. And the last one alive gets to keep it. Oh, it's like it's, it's kind of like when you're like, if we're not married at forty five, we'll get married. That kind of thing. Yeah, I think tontines are actually illegal. I'm sure we've talked about this on Goosebuds before because I used to be obsessed with tontines. Where okay. you like, whoever dies last gets all the money. I guess that's illegal because people kill each other. Uh, can we do like a positive tontine? That doesn't seem like the right way to prevent murders. It feels like just heading it off at the murders <laughs> is the way to. Yeah, is the way to stop. Yeah, that. But I think just the idea of the tontine just drives people crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's an Archer episode that deals with it too. Anyway, um, instead of killing each other, can we all make a pledge? Yeah. That one of us makes sure that we live long enough <laughs> to see the time that Goosebumps goes into the public domain. Okay. And we and finally writes the stories that needs to be told with these characters. Okay. It, it's feasible. Well, the um, problem is that Goosebumps came into existence within our lives, so we're going to have to really push for this. Yeah. Well, n- now we just have to live to 105, <laughs> I think. Yeah. With cybernetics and... Uh, you, you, at least like plug your brain into where you're just like you're keeping stimulation going and you're in like second life five you're still mm-hmm. living Paul <laughs> just get to the point where you can write Monster Blood 8 the version that Paul, Chad, and Kevin wanted and, and it's called Monster Butt <laughs> <laughs> yes Kevin all we simply need to do is find the world of the dead sail into it and then hang out there for a couple hundred years and Dude, then come back out Fucking spoilers. Segway, baby. <laughs> That's a segue to the book we're reading today. Get get us in. Welcome to Goosebuds. We are your podcast host. I'm Chad. I'm Paul. I'm Kevin. And we cover the works of Arl Stein and other YA novels that get and give them the hard-hitting critique they deserve. Yeah. Uh today we are covering Goosebumps Horrorland. Creep from the deep. Ooh, so scary. With the biggest lie of a cover that's ever existed. Somehow, in a, in a series <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> predicated on cover lies, this is the most egregious cover lie of the entire series so far. We'll talk about it. It's got an eel. We were promised a giant eel with a Shrek nose. With Shrek nose. <laughs> or you could, it's funny that you see Shrek nose, because I saw alien nose at first, but you're right. It is Shrek, maybe Snorkel knows it, as well. Oh, not shit. not not your Snorkel, not your Snorkel. Oh, okay. The Snorks, oh. I'm sorry. The Snorks knows is what I'm saying. Oh, all right. I apologize. I almost thought we had done this one when I started reading it because it starts <laughs> so similarly to the last installment of The Creep. Or yeah, the this, deep, is a, deep this is a the third in the Deep Saga, technically, in that we've, if you're a Deep Trouble 1, Deep Trouble 2... But also, uh, up to discussion, this kind of retcons Deep yeah. Trouble 2? According to the the deep lore, this one... 
This yeah. one has wiped the table of of Deep Trouble 2. It's gone, and it only refers to Deep Trouble 1 within this book. Wasn't there also a Deep Choose Your Own? Uh, there was. There was a Deep Trouble Choose Your Own, I believe. Wait, I think. no, but that was not canonic. That was not canonical. Well, nothing. How could canon- it be? Nothing is canonical. I think that wasn't. Was that Dr. Deep, though? Like, was that uh, just another aquatic? Don't worry. So I'm, similar. Don't yeah. worry. I'm logged in. I'm finding it. I'll, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of trouble not retreading, like, my old jokes from uh, Deep Trouble 2, because I really want to say Billy Deep Williams, and I'm not. <laughs> You know what? It's still funny. I, I think, already said Billy Deep Williams. I think we've said that quite a few times, but it's always good. Uh, <laughs> Deep Trouble 1, Deep Trouble 2, parentheses, Deep Trouble, and parentheses, TV show. Terror Tips, colon. Well, that's a, co- that's a comic book. That's Yeah, that is a Goosebumps graphics, which we got to get into that. And then Creep from the Deep, which uh, came after this. I That's who. Do- that's the books that Dr. Deep is in. I'm trying to see if if Billy or Sheena's in anything else. I, you know, I could have sworn there was a Choose Your Own Adventure, but I'm no, not. No, there is that. There is that Choose Your Own Adventure with like a like a guy who looks like the monster from Zat. Do you know Zat? What? Uh, Whoa! Uh, Chad, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> That's not a thing I know. He's just like an old monster movie, and he has this, there's a famous scene of him tearing apart a. a <laughs> Like a Seven Eleven, it's a great old monster movie scene. Um, oh man, I never saw that. That's cool. I'm pretty sure it's his name is that. Anyway, that there's a Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventure. We are experts of Goosebumps, guys, and of all of the Goosebumps related podcasts, we know all of them there's so well. So much. I'm not. Ex- I can't be expected to remember all of this. Don't even. Don't put that on me. <laughs> so there, there is a Choose Your Own Adventure about an aquatic adventure, but I, I don't think deep. Or these bo- these kids are in it. I think you're the right. The story starts off confusing, though, in that there is barely any mention of the adventure early on. Um, well, uh, jump ahead, Billy. You know, Billy. Uh, not, not my name. His name is Billy Deep Williams. You fucked it up for me. <laughs> yeah, well, he is Billy Deep. Well, his name is Billy, or also William. He is Billy yeah. Deep Williams, or yeah. the undersea mutant. Yeah, so that's where I got confused because the story starts in an interesting way of like, oh, I guess this is an adventure of a of a little Aquaman, the undersea mutant, and the and the adventures he's having, fantasizing, fighting a, a whole cadre of of ninja turtle type antagonists. There's an electric eel beast and a manta ray, and a turtle I'm like a turtle that a he tur- kills and eats. <laughs> yeah. And I'm actually on board this because I'm like, well, I think the end of Deep Trouble 2 was the kids wondering if they're going to turn into mutants. Is that how it happened? Sure. I'll believe it. They like they like drank some algae water or something and they're like, whoa, we're going to transform. Cliff, end of book. Oh, that's right. Oh. Yeah, there was a prank at the end. That's right. Or was it all Billy's crazy imagination? Because this kid's got quite the imagination. Yeah, it's just Billy's imagination. He just he was just fantasizing being being a little Aquaman. I I do have to hand it to this book. It does set up a thing with a payoff. It does. Yeah. And I was shocked. I was fucking it's laid on my ass by so that. So rare that this happens that when you see it happen, it's like it's a spectacular <laughs> display. I, I lifted my hands to the Lord when that happened. <laughs> I say, thank you, God, for this gift you've given to us. You gave, you put this, this stroke of genius into RL's mind, and I got to read it. Thank you. I couldn't believe, I was also very thankful as I read through this book, that, oh, there's skeleton pirates 
And it's not a fake out. There's just a bunch of skeleton pirates. This book, yeah. this book is fucking cool, I gotta say. It's, it's not a horror book. There, you know, I would even, I would say there are a couple sections that are scary. Now, for me, okay, person scared of the ocean. I think the ocean is yeah, very yeah, scary. Yeah. So I think uh, the claustrophobia aspect in the beginning of the book scared me a little bit. Yeah. No, I, uh, especially if we had read this last year when we were all obsessed <laughs> I knew, with. I knew. I knew this was coming up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, then I won't say it. I won't say it. No, Chad, I thought it too. I'm with you. The, I also thought about the, that. The month. Or week, however long that was, where we were all obsessed as a culture. <laughs> we were all, o- all of us. Yes, you woke up every day, and I, I'd race to the radio. I go, I go, Heidi, my love, is the oceanic submarine? Have they found them yet? Are they dead yet? Play the they, the teletape sound. Yet? Put the teletape sound in here. <laughs> yep. And, and, oh, and, oh no! But they they're hearing a, a, a clicking sound. It's maybe them saying something in Morse code. Oh, interesting. Oh man, can you believe that their controller was a PlayStation, but not even a PlayStation controller, a, a, a Logitech or whatever? That's crazy. <laughs> it had the like Logitech cone on it. Which what was that about? What did that thing ever do? <laughs> also, might have been a Game Shark. I don't know remember which one it was. I think uh, it was. I think it was actually an Xbox controller. I thought it was a Mad Cats. Wow, Mad Could've... Cats. That's what I'm thinking of. Mad Cats. Yes, uh, Logitech sounds right though. But yeah. yeah, I guess I guess you know that information is lodged in my brain too. So we might as well. Yeah, I, was, so I, I thought of that while <laughs> these kids are stuck in a submarine. Like, yeah, that would be terrifying. When Rich Uncle Deep pulls out his submersible, <laughs> I built it myself. <laughs> when he pulls out his self-built submersible from his three-tiered science vessel, I could yeah. I could not. I'm Kevin. I'm sorry. I tried my best. To not think about that week, but I had to think about that week in that moment. I I understand that we all thought about it. It's just, it's just it we seems like we all changed a... since Oceanic went down. Together, we've changed together, Kevin. We all united in enjoying the dark humor of some Richies are in a sub and they're trapped and they're again. Going to die. When you use that term, it makes me feel like I was a part of it. <laughs> Does. Does anyone wonder who Cassandra is named after? Uh, I just think Cassandra was named after Cassandra, the woman that tells you about your doom. What? Without oh, you asking. What? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that. Um, I thought it was like Doctor D's lost love or something. Oh, yeah, like that's that. even cooler. What mythological figure are you referencing, Paul? But mythological figure who tells you about your doom is a fucking brilliant cassandra i think is an actual figure because she's a because she's a real person um but i think that was the mythological thing around her yes is that she apollo loved her gave her future sight and then she would go around telling people how they were gonna die basically i mean it was a great magic set so i can see why (laughs) (laughs) it always comes back to the oceanic for chad it always comes back to the magic for kevin I don't think Troy existed, so I'm not sure Cassandra was a real person. Did Troy not exist? I thought that was real. No, that movie was real. <laughs> Sorry, I don't think Troy Brad was a Pitt thing. did that cool move where he jumped in midair and thrust the spear forward, even though he would have had no power from that movement. A, a, a quick Google reveals that uh, I guess Troy was real, but the events described in the Trojan War probably weren't real. Uh we're both wrong i don't know we're doing amazing at recapping (laughs) what happened in this book (laughs) 
Uh, all right. So <laughs> Billy Deep is not the undersea mutant. He is, in fact, a child with an overactive imagination. He has an uncle named Dr. D. He's got a real name, but everyone has too many names. And there are too many characters and none of them are developed and nothing mm-hmm. matters. It'd be too hard to remember Dr. Deep. So everyone just calls him Dr. D, including his his nephews and niece, which right. is weird to me. His, uh, Billy's sister's name is Sheena and she's annoying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is she? <laughs> a little bit. Uh, uh. Dr. D pulls Billy up from his uh, underwater pretend time to be like, hey, kid, you want to throw a fishing spear? And mm-hmm. uh, which is cool as hell. Uh, yeah. So he like lifts the spear and throws it in the water. And we get our first fake out. First of many and endless fake outs in this book. There are a lot. Yeah, this one's a tremendously a traumatic fake out. And then there's a bunch that are tremendously uh, useless and annoying fake outs. But this one is one that uh, is a bad joke. Uh, but that's what Sheen is the queen of. I just feel like I'm like I'm stuck to a chair and RL is doing the Reservoir Dogs dance mm-hmm. in front of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, this cliffhanger isn't happening because it's chapter two. And there's no way he just threw a spear at his sister and killed her. <laughs> yeah. He's he waves the knife across your face every time he does one of those. Every time he does a also fake about out. as good of an actor as Michael Madsen. Hey, <laughs> uncalled for. Oh, um, delicious, delicious. Can we talk about how? I think I mentioned this in Deep Trouble One or Deep Trouble Two because I remember there's it was an infamous episode where we we read different books. Um, no, that's right. Yeah. Well, no, uh, I think one of us read. Yeah, one of us read one, and one of us read the second one. I think I read the second yeah, one by accident. I probably fucked up. It was probably nah, me. it was me. Uh, <laughs> but like, I think in those two, there, I kind of assume anyone that's a um, marine biologist or an, a water scientist <laughs> has a level of like <laughs> respect for animal, like the animals, right? Like very much a like, oh, I oh, must I- study them and and we'll capture them. Yes, this, it feels like Doctor D is just like. Whatever I want to eat, I eat and like throw a spear at that thing in the water. Go ahead. Well, and get it. That doesn't seem like an aquatic scientist to me. I mean, you think aquatic scientists don't eat fish when they're on a boat? <laughs> I don't know. I think they probably have some level of respect for it. And they're like, I only eat chickens on the water. I don't. That doesn't make <laughs> supply line wise. That makes no sense. <laughs> It's a matter of principle. <laughs> <laughs> they probably know which fish are the most tasty. <laughs> which is hard. To, it's hard to not eat them. Chad, I know what you're saying, but Dr. D is clearly a big swing in D because he's teaching his nephew to to ride a boat as fast as he'd like. He's teaching yep. him. He's teaching him how to take a submersible down to dangerous steps. And the first yep. thing he does when he when his ne- his nephew is done uh, fantasizing about killing aquatic creatures <laughs> is hands him a heavy spear and says, "Throw it in the direction of your sister." <laughs> <laughs> this is what it takes to be a doctor deep. <laughs> come, you come at the queen. You best not miss. <laughs> The queen of the queen of Sheena, uh, Sheena, she, uh, Jesus she, Sheena does not, Sheena, Sheena does not take a spear to the belly, but she acts as if she does. She not take a spear. spear she does. She not um, take spear to belly. But she, she, not, she, not, she not But she acts. She not. She not. She not do it. But I'm like, stop doing it. It's impossible to. I can't. Oh my god, Kevin, you broke me. What's happening? What is happening? He broke you with that. Uh, <laughs> so stupid. Uh, 
you, she doesn't take the spirit of the belly, but she acts as if she does. Uh, and then we yeah. get a fake out. But it turns out she's pranking. Um, and then uh, they have a nice lunch of uh, ocean fish on bread. I, I know. It just seems wrong. It's fine. It's, it's Chad. To exist, we must consume other life forms. No, no. <laughs> I know what you mean, Kevin. I understand. Do you think prospectors just eating gold nuggets when they go out there to get the gold? You know what I mean? Yeah, but they're not eating fish. <laughs> well, unless it's a river fish. I'm just torn by the moral stat- status of Dr. D. Not that eating fish makes you immoral, but also we very quickly learn that uh, Dr. Deep is out here because he is hunting for a lost sunken pirate treasure mm-hmm. or a ship called the scarlet skull yep which he found with acoustic imaging laser mapping and email <laughs> <laughs> he sent an email to the ship the ship was like the ship actually responded back to it so he was like oh that's where it is who are dr d's friends who are like hey we found this long lost treasure ship with our very expensive materials you want to do something about it? Because we can't. We're not. We can't go it's there. It's just there. No one else is going for it. Do you want to come over and get it? Like <laughs> We can just sense it. Yeah, but also Dr. D's like, I don't want the treasure. I am an honorable man. Mm-hmm. I just want to discover it and take photos. And I he think? said he'd give the treasure to Dolphin Rescue. Did he really? He yeah. Did. He did. He said he was going to save all the lives of the fish that he's eaten in his study studies out on the on the ocean. <laughs> he's like, I have a blood toll I must pay mm-hmm. for every fish I've eaten. Yeah. He's going to invent a de-fishing gun that you point at your tummy <laughs> and you puke up all the fish you ate. <laughs> yeah, it's a gun. You put a, you put a live fish on it and shoot it back into the water. <laughs> <laughs> and it... <laughs> And it heals the hook uh, when we did our mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like Mercy from Overwatch. It heals you as you shoot it. (laughs) It's a little bit of Roadhog, a little bit of Mercy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember what Overwatch? Um, I do. (laughs) But the ship, uh, the Red Skull, belonged to the worst named pirate of all time, Long Ben One Leg. He's long. He's a long guy. Was this during Long Cat time? Was that maybe where he got it from? (laughs) I think RL was in a Long John Silvers and was like, his name's Long Ben One Leg. I think think Long RL was having a lol. I think so. I think he was Long Catton and Tack Nolan. Dr. Deep uh, says that, you know, they're going to go take his brand new sea vessel that he built and go under... The ocean that is like the ground to him because he. I ignored all the engineers that told me not to do it. I'm going underwater. Whoa! Saying the water is like underground to him gives him kind of dwarf vibes. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's Uh, dwarf. Oh, Kevin's suddenly coming around like a Doctor Deep. I kind of like it. There's more dwarf vibes in the later part of this book too, Kevin. That we'll get to. Fish is like the moles of the ocean. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. Deep diver is the name of the sub. I would say Deep Rock Galactic. I would say crabs are like the moles of the ocean. <laughs> but mm, I'm, gonna you know to, I'm, I'm gonna have to meditate on that. Think about it. I'm gonna have to talk to my priest about that. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> First off, I would like to confess that I have been thinking about the ocean, and I know that is a sin. <laughs> but I, I walk into the confessional, and the priest is like, "Kevin, I really don't want to hear more dwarf facts this time. <laughs> it's not a sin. It's just I don't have time for this." <laughs> Uh, okay, so they get into the deep diver, and immediately Dr. D is like, all right, here are the very stupid controls for the deep diver. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, we've got yeah. a gas pedal that is on, like, a seesaw, 
So when you heal down on the gas pedal, yeah, it goes in reverse. That's do I have to say that's a terrible idea? That's a terrible idea. He's also like, I inverted the y-axis, so you have to tilt down to yeah. go up, and it's just awful. <laughs> Chad, I made that same note. It's like you can't do the inverted halo controls on the side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you turn on Southpaw for me, uh, Dr. D? It's like Dr. Dr. D's like, I play a lot of Microsoft Flight Simulator. So just felt right to me. Uh they they dive on down, uh, and and it's going well, except the power keeps cutting out constantly. Yep. Yeah. yep. Uh, and then they enter a black haze. Yeah. As part of the uh, Scarlet Skull legend, the ship disappeared into a black cloud and was never seen again. And they encounter an underwater black cloud that eats them. And they're like, oh, no. And when the black cloud goes away, Dr. D is gone. Completely disappeared. And, and and there's a strange, they were underwater in the sub, and they and there was a description of a sound of a can opening. Yep. Which mm-hmm. implies the sub was opened underwater. Yep. But no water came in. Yep. But also, yeah, when the darkness leaves, Dr. D is gone from the controls. And they can't open the hatch. And this is explained never. <laughs> Yeah, we never really learn the source of the deadly mist. Doctor D shows up later. Spoiler: He sorry. shows up later, but- and the funny thing is, they go through this same process of flying through the dark cloud again. Yeah, and nobody gets sucked into another dimension. No. away from where and, they are. And Doctor D also has no idea how he is where he is. Right, he just wakes up there. <laughs> he has no explanation. He just he just woke up from a nap. On a couch. With pirates. <laughs> <laughs> With pirates. Well, yeah, there's there was almost something I I read it as is like almost familiar where he shows up and Dr. D is just like like drinking with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's chilling with the, with Long Ben. Ben yeah, Long. With Long Ben. Long Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Long Ben Johnson. Now if we want a real portmanteau, it'd be Long Jimin. <laughs> So after Dr. D disappears, they decide to, they're going to, they're going to take the submersible, uh, they're going to try and take it back to the service and go back to the ship to look for him. But it disobeys their controls, which it actually doesn't. It's just that they don't understand how inverted controls work and they go underwater deeper and deeper and deeper until they see the red skull before Ah. them. And then creepy hands begin to pound on the ship dead hands the uh, a doll's hands and then they <laughs> like a doll's hand and they and then they then they make their escape to the top of the ocean they see they see motherfucking skeletons yeah, see- underwater skeletons are are pounding on the water with their heads this is maybe I think one of the scariest images ever. It's scary. The skeletons and zombies are scary, and I think <laughs> yeah. and I think this book has a lot of scary images with that. That they yeah, you don't want to see a skeleton when you're not when you're not prepared for it. It's on Halloween. It's January. You see a skeleton now. Uh, that's too much. If multiple skeletons dance around me, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, don't even get me started when the skeletons start their skeleton song. The skeleton song that sounds like a dwarf song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't sea shanties really just dwarven? Sea shanties is pretty dwarfs. Yeah. Yeah. I had an interesting, because I think the cover so wisely, maybe the wisely did not show us the skeleton pirates. Uh Yeah. Only in that, I think 
we are showing they're very scary. Skeletons <laughs> are considered by sometimes to be very silly, right? <laughs> like I didn't expect an, skeletons an old, to still make me laugh, but it's still an old me. an old Steamboat Willie cartoon where Mickey opens up and a dancing skeleton ticket comes out, and yeah. I think. If you really think about what these skeletons must have been, skeletons. these aren't like sun, sun, a skeleton, thank you, a, a sun bleached bone. This is probably like rotten, waterlogged meat on yeah. these motherfuckers. Well, the, and so you know? after they escape the skeleton assault and they, they get to the top of the ocean, because we'll talk about this in a second, Chad, they, they decide to make a swim for it and they abandon yeah. their submersible, which can be used <laughs> as a shit. I was. I was also like, what the fuck when they dropped the anchor for that after doing donuts in the submarine yeah. for a little while. She does like, it's it's over there. I can see it. And then she's like, let's just swim. And, they, and they're in jeans. Have you ever swam in <laughs> jeans before? <laughs> yeah, it sucks. When mafia members can't get cement, they just put <laughs> jeans on the guys and then they throw them in the water. That's like worse, almost. Like that's a worse way to die. Because if you survive, you're gonna get gene rash. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're gonna get some friction there. Mm -hmm. So I don't got that thigh gap. (laughs) Who does, (laughs) Kevin? Who does? I'm trying. So what they do is they they make their way across the water. They land on the island shore with chapped, bejeaned asses. (laughs) Did we also mention that Billy uh, like bonks his leg on the car door? On his way out. <laughs> That's right. And he, then, just, he just hits his leg and is like, ow, I broke my leg. And that and it equates to no, there's no plot relevance to it at all. He just well, there is it's a plot relevance. Oh, my God. It's all the way tying this to the other books. is like, remember when that shark bit me? It's that same leg. It's actually, yeah. It's, uh, yes, it is that same leg. And also, and it is, I can't believe I said that wasn't. Please cut. No, you know what? Don't cut that. Leave my stupidity in there. Let the world see. <laughs> we got. We got to be like Jay Kenji Lopez alt, and if we're gonna show our cooking, we got to leave the mistakes. All in All the sometimes. mistakes got to be in there. Listen, I thought the, the battle, the Trojan War, was real. Uh, <laughs> I thought Stevador was Stubador. I got all kinds of mistakes, people. I've made a lot of them. I'm on this podcast where I read uh, Goosebuds, Goosebumps books. I made a lot of huge mistakes. <laughs> made a lot of mistakes, people. Listen. We're not on a podcast because everything went right in our lives. All right. <laughs> There's a sliding doors for our lives where everything went right and we never did use buds. This is our best. Like we're we're doing our best. <laughs> and god damn it, it's beautiful that we try. <laughs> so they abandoned their very expensive submarine that their uncle made. <laughs> yeah. Just just let it float to the bottom. The captain is dead. Billy is the new captain now, and he abandoned ship instantly. <laughs> That's not Captain Protocol. Um, <laughs> he gets onto the he get he swims ashore despite his leg being injured. They find a stick for him, uh, and he's like, "This is a really good stick." <laughs> and uh, they also find a land pirate, and they're like, "Oh shit, this land's got pirates on it." And then they get Wait. caught in a sand trap. Wait. Okay, it's interesting you called it a sand trap, Kevin. Um, mm, well, it skirts it skirts on the very edge of a thing that Kevin does not believe exists. This is a wet pit that is a pit, and they aren't sinking into the pit. They fell into the pit, and there is no more downward motion in the pit. This is so also a man-made you, device. You agree that s- there are times where sand, you can sink into the sand or the earth and die. This is not sinking, Chad. This is <laughs> falling into a pit. <laughs> Falling with style. 
this is clearly man-made and just talked about that as man-made. So if anything, it's refuting the idea of the substance, which we shall not name right now until later in the book. Also, spoilers, if you're experiencing this journey organically along with the podcast, we're in the dead world right now, and that's got no fucking rules. <laughs> we Well, the thing is, we don't know that we're in the dead world, though. We are. What are you but, saying? What do you mean the, we're in the dead world? You don't the remember? The dead world's going to have implications. We'll get to the dead world, chat if you don't remember. You might have gone into the dead world for a little bit. All right. We don't know the full effects of dead world being quite yet. Okay. Okay. Uh, I... Okay, I guess I understand what you're saying. I <laughs> this episode's a mess. So when Billy picks up this driftwood because he likes to suddenly see everything through the fantasy of being this comic book hero, he's like, "Oh, this is a weapon. This is something from the Eternals, Marvel's <laughs> Disney's yeah. Eternals, public domain in 2079." Yeah, here's what's fucked up about me is I actually like this device. I like I like that he's like in pain and scared and he retreats into the world of imagination. Oh, I loved it too. I loved it too. It's also fucked up because I think we're seeing a picture of RL here. Okay. Go on. Interesting. Unpack, please. I can imagine an RL who is creative and nerdy who like falls into the world of imagination when life gets unpredictable and, and scary. Like, okay, yeah. I, I can see that. I can see that being a trajectory leading to a career of writing, you know, mid-tier <laughs> children's horror. I, I loved it. I probably would have loved if somehow this escapism that Billy has paid off in the adventure in a way. Like, mm, a, yeah. oh, because I am seeing everything as a, a comic adventure, I'm either able to get past the fears of these skeleton skeleton pirates, or... It, it more works against him, if anything. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's yeah. more punished for it than, re than rewarded. Chad I, Chad, I agree with you, but at least there was a, a literature that was carried along throughout this whole book and, and executed. We got our requisite one literature. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, he did it. <laughs> I think that was in his contract for the two thousand or the Horrorland series was to had one literature per book. We we learned that the uh, the pirates on the surface world here are a combination skeleton Zimbambo Zambo Zambazini uh, pirate. Yeah, and that's what I Chad. I was going to bring that up. I, the reason I pushed us forward is because here's where we clearly see that these are not just mm -hmm. your everyday dry skeletons these are <laughs> wet soppy uh yeah they're these are the uh the peanut butter and jelly that was packed early in the morning and has been sitting in the Ooh. lunchbox on a hot day all day skeleton zombies peanut butter and banana mm -hmm. sitting in the in the in the, in the past mm -hmm. there is like visceral meat and tendon still on these babies yes. i'm gonna have to put a fucking content warning for all this sandwich talk at the beginning of this episode <laughs> Hot sandwich talk and not the good kind. The the human body in decay is but a Christmas tree for RL to hang his favorite maggots and worms on. <laughs> it's wacky how full of life a dead body can be for RL Stein. And I like that they're yes. like full of crabs and stuff uh, underwater and full of worms and stuff above the water. This is RL going full Billy Deep Williams mode here. Yep. He spends 
we've we have just all of this plot has been condensed into maybe like 40 pages maybe 30 pages it's a very quick yeah because uh, we have another story to we get have to another in story we we have a quick pace that we go through to get to this point of them getting to skeleton island and <laughs> they they are there and then we have i think guys would you say i'm wrong to say that there are 20 pages of skeleton goofs that just happen. Some goofs are beyond like human invention and tr- like it inch into the divine. I'd the, say the, the goofs are a plenty. <laughs> the skeletons are dropping parts. They're kicking parts. They're flinging parts. They're stepping on their own eyeballs when they're trying to pick their eyeballs it's, up. It's all the best and most repetitive parts of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. <laughs> I I feel like RL if this came out. Before the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, it couldn't have possibly. It did not. Before. It certainly didn't come out before the Pirates of the Caribbean Wait. ride. Oh my gosh, Pirates of the Caribbean before 2008. That makes me feel so, uh, so I think old. it happened right before. I think it was like 2006 or so. Let's this say. was in the zeitgeist. Pirates with eyeballs oh my and everything God. falling off. Wow, the, wow. First one was, the first one was two, uh, 2003? Good golly. So this was maybe inspired by by Pirates of the, of the Caribbean. Quite possible. But we do get to meet Longjamin Ben one leg. We do get to meet Long Ben. And Long Ben is, wants what's his. And he's captured Dr. D. And he shoves him against a tree. And he says, I like to watch a man bounce. Which is really fucking <laughs> hornily charged. Yeah. <laughs> and also... You're finding out what that one leg is, and it's not the one you thought. Oh, yeah, baby. Hornily charged. <laughs> <laughs> like he's, he all but says, I like to watch that D bounce. I know. I like to watch that D and that B bounce. Do we ever find out, like, Dr. D's, I, I, I sicked my smoke monster from Lost on you all, and that's what kidnapped Dr. D. No, no idea. Nothing. Doesn't, we never reveal. They say, Dr. D, how did you get here? And he says, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Dr. D is restrained or anything either. I think he just kind of likes Long Ben, you know? Like, I think they're, I think they complete each other. I think so. Yeah, I think there's like a, 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 our flag means death kind of thing starting to go on (laughs) with. There's certainly a chemistry. And and here's the thing, like, not only is is Doctor D a bad communicator, but Long Long Ben is a pretty terrible communicator too because he keeps saying "Give me what I want" and then not saying exactly what he wants. Like people are guessing yeah. constantly. What do you want, man? And Did anyone else immediately say the crutch? Oh, Did absolutely. Else crutch? Oh, yeah. without a doubt. Oh, I didn't see that coming at all. No, no. I was just. I think because I focus on the Eternals reference to it. I was like, yeah, I don't know. There's a. It's a little driftwood here. Maybe he'll use it to hit someone over the head with it later, but it is not his leg because why would a pirate care so much? But this is where the sublime genius of R.L. Stein kicks in <laughs> mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. as I try to uh, like cinema sins R.L. for this, uh-huh. oh, there you here's, here's the thing. I was like, how would we be expected to know uh, the crutch that Billy Deep, the child, is using to support himself. Yes. Uh, would also be a crutch for uh, Long Ben. Like, how would that be a thing? That was is Long Ben the same size as a child? No. Long Ben is an enormously fucking tall pirate, and that crutch for a child is his whole ass leg. I mean, so it it tracks. It's why I also didn't think about it because I was like, yeah, I mean. 
a leg has a joint in the middle, so that wouldn't work well. But as a, a peg leg, a it, peg leg doesn't though. Like a pirate peg leg doesn't. I misinterpreted the book this whole time and thought he wanted his literal human leg, and that Billy had been. We're jumping ahead to the reveal that that's what actually Long Ben actually wants. Right, his leg. right. I thought when he said that he meant not my wooden peg leg, but a oh my real. Oh, leg. you've been walking around with my my ripped apart, dismembered limb. <laughs> it's been stuck on your jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and then they run. They just run. Do they just run? They have hijinks. They get chased. They yep. get chased by pirates. Uh, well, and and bef- right before they get chased, they do. There's a cool skeleton dance around them with with very scary music. <laughs> and they fall into when they fall into that hole. There's another scary scene where they're looking up at, at the hole that they have fallen into, trying to escape. And all of the skeletons begin to sing a shanty and yep. look down into the hole. And it's very. Uh, spooky, scary skeleton vibes going on here. It's it's cool. It, it look, this there might have been a lot of ridiculous, overplayed jokes. The bodies falling apart, but there were also some scary moments in this. I got to give the props there. There's also a moment where we meet the two best characters in all of fiction, uh-huh. Roger and Goldie. Roger and Goldie, <laughs> the Gun Boys. Yeah, as as Billy and Sheena are running from the pirates, they run smack dab into this island is just packed with people. Yep. Two human photographers yep. who are also here today of all days. Uh, and they're here just to take pictures of the same wreckage. They also don't want the treasure. Two normal human dudes who are super normal and wearing polo shirts and not a threat. They're just cool just guys. Two regular cool guys who pick skeleton men up above their heads and then <laughs> slam them down on rocks to kill them. <laughs> just like totally like WWE style fucking uh skeleton slams going on did you guys get annoyed by of the many fake outs in this book i do like this book there's so many fake outs this is a good book i i like this book but there are so many ones where like i i really didn't didn't care about who roger or goldie were it's just kind of a weird coincidence they were there and then immediately well i know kevin said these are best characters ever in fiction so i'm i'm sorry to say that would i lie to you about that chad did you (laughs) miss the part where they bump knuckles after suplexing two skeletons, uh, I also wrote down touched knuckles, Kevin, because I guess fist bump wasn't in the vernacular at this point. No, it was. It hadn't entered the public domain yet. Oh, I see. I I was just really bummed out that within a few pages of meeting these characters, we have a chapter end with, and then the pirates caught up to us and they sliced off Roger and Goldie's heads. Chapter break. No, they didn't. Yeah. I just saw it. No, I was that like, Come was. Come on, just like let's kill some people. They're pirates. It was so sick when they got their heads cut off in my head, like the way I saw it, and then it wasn't sick a page later. It sucked so bad. But then you get the suplex, guys. Like I know we want to see some decapitations happening, but like just think of like the sound of a ske- of two skeletons simultaneously being picked up by their hips and then thrown on a flat rock. Sound like a bunch of pieces of bamboo falling all over the place. <laughs> I was thinking, some, you, ever, you ever see like videos, especially wrestler, where they break those like uh, fluorescent tubes over each other's backs? Yeah. Yep. Feels good when you I hear it. I feel like that would be what it's like to smash a skeleton. <laughs> yes. It, uh, almost airy and effervescent, but yep. yet also satisfying somehow. Divine. You might as well have cut off their heads, though, because what we will find out in a few chapters. I know. Well, let, let's not skip ahead to that, because I do want to say that... RL was dangerously close to a hat trick of awesome stuff happening. <laughs> yeah. One. <laughs> Goal number one. 
Billy catches a snake by the bite on the leg that he's using as a stick and then flings the snake and it smashes somewhere and we hear it. Then second cool ass (laughs) thing that happens, second cool ass thing that happens, but then we learn is a fake out, beheading almost happens, double beheading in fact. And then third cool ass thing, skeleton body slams. Can you imagine if those three things that all actually happened within five pages of each other? That yeah. the, the fake out did interrupt the combo, and that would have been it. Would have been too interesting. Just an inc- <laughs> that would have been the problem, Kevin. You're right. Too interesting. That's what Scholastic said. It also <laughs> would have been very funny to introduce two characters suddenly who are just also there, and then immediately kill <laughs> yeah. chop their heads off. And I like that Roger and Goldie yeah. say that they're going to give the treasure to quote the government. <laughs> They say, they yeah. say the, these oceans belong to the government, and we the would government. not steal from the government. <laughs> Don't ask which waters these are in. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. This is Skeleton Land. This is Skeleton Place. Uh, so they go, on, they go on Roger and Goldie's boat to show them where their submarine is, so they can get the treasure, so Roger and Goldie can help them get their... Um, uncle back. I'm unclear on that. Yeah, no, they just said they, they were worried about Dr. D, but also kind of just seemed to be willing to leave him. Yeah, whatever. They're willing to go on a journey outside of saving Dr. D, which it seems, priorities seem a little out of whack here. They follow two men in polo shirts to a second location, which is something you should never do. <laughs> on a especially boat. In a tro- on a boat in a tropical setting. Never do it, guys. Never do it. That Especially anyone with golden teeth, which is why Goldie's called Goldie, by the way. Oh, yeah. Golden mm-hmm. teeth. A polo shirt is a flag. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Some of you look very <laughs> dapper in them, but it's a flag. How did they How did they get those? Oh, they, they did say how they got those. It's stupid. Never mind. Sorry. No, yeah, it's yeah. even crazier than you know, Chad. It's wild. We're right? going to get that. It's <laughs> even, it's even more them. fucked up than you yeah. think it is because you don't know about Dead World. It's impressive. <laughs> I know. We're, we don't even know we're in Dead World. We're so Dead World that we don't even know we're Dead World. Chad doesn't uh, even know about Dead World because his own mental immune system is trying to block out the phrase <laughs> dead zone. <laughs> Um, okay, so they get on the boat, and then Roger and Goldie go and uh, get the treasure underwater, and while they're just farting around on the boat, <laughs> doing their tech decks. They discover, <laughs> they discover so many guns. They discover more guns. Oh, my God. They discover more guns than these two men have hands for. for. <laughs> they also, I, I love the, the finding the gun scene, because at first, it's open a bag, and then two small guns pick up, drop out, he was like, Oh, that's interesting. And then more guns fall out, and then that's a problem. Guns, rifles, machine guns, super guns, triple guns, triple machine guns, shotguns, double shotguns, rocket launchers. Water guns, just for fun. Water guns for silly time. A beer bomb. <laughs> and then uh, they uh, they come back up, and they're like, oh, you found our guns, but we found the treasure. Time to not use our guns to kill you, and time for you to not touch our guns, because Scholastic <laughs> won't dude, allow that. This scene is a masterclass in avoiding <laughs> Chekhov's gun, in in using and avoiding Chekhov's gun. There's a big, like, force field around the guns right now, and I think... <laughs> They're in the background of the scene, you're not allowed to interact with them. I think what we actually wanted here was for a walk-the-plank type scenario, where they were threatened with guns but and had to jump off the ship, but we never quite got there. They are just like, fudge off the ship. No, but fuck. instead, we get the two poloed uh, guys throwing <laughs> the children into the ocean... Uh, Billy tries to fight with a stick, even though he's been twiddling his thumbs over top of the guns <laughs> as he watched these guys approach him. Uh, yeah. And he tries to fight with his stick.
stick and is thrown off with said stick into the ocean. And we learn that these bipoloed mans are just skeletons in disguise, and they are rival skeletons to Long Ben, and they're gonna fucking betray him, and they're out for themselves. And then um, they fucking uh, talk about stealing the skin of two photographers, which again we'll get to why that's really fucking wild. It's uh-huh. not just wild for the reason you think it's wild. It's actually really also, but like, crazy. how impressive of a job did these did these pirate skeletons do of wearing human skin? like Edgar and Men in Black, without it being noticeable. They wore it like a runway model. They made it <laughs> fucking work. You, you don't do a little bit of crochet without learning how to wear a, hu- a human skin sack on yourself. And, you know, the polo covers a lot, so I feel like... Say, the polo probably lets you tuck that neck flap in there pretty well. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. So how do they take them out? I can't remember how they how these they kids They open win. the treasure and an Ark of the Covenant. Oh, that's right. The Ark yeah. of the Covenant <laughs> Bill, moment. Billy and Sheena have nothing to do to stop these antagonists. It's just their own... Their own greed. I guess like Indiana Jones also. Indiana Jones really only knew to look away. But Billy and Sheena don't even have to do that. It's just, oh, we didn't touch the Red Skull, so we don't get eviscerated. They watch them touch the Red Skull, and then their heads pop off. And... That's mm-hmm. something they have to live with for the rest of their lives. <laughs> uh, the The boat is then bumped by a giant three story science boat. I just love that this massive three story yacht pulls up and no one saw it coming, and it bumps into Did, the little thing, into the little dinghy that they're <laughs> masterful in. sailing. Can Can we backpedal for just a second to talk more about the scholar, the Scarlet Red Skull? Sure, sure. So the treasure that killed. Goldie and Roger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is is Long Ben One Legs Treasure. Yes. yes. Right. And it. it seems like the the prized jewel of it is a glowing crystal skull, but not the Indiana Jones aliens, ancient aliens type crystal skull. I right. believe it is a treasure chest with a crimson skull adhered to the top of it that chomps okay. your hand. Okay, yeah. So yeah, it also bit. Yeah. yeah it also bit. It, it did a bite. So, yeah. I, and but the pre, the the ship of the pirates is also the Scarlet Skull. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess it's just worth acknowledging. I think that Long Ben One Leg really likes thematically tying everything in his ship together. He likes to pimp his ride. Yeah, I think it's weird that the ship. Uh, what is it called? The Scarlet Skull. The yep. the Scarlet Skull, and then also there was a Scarlet Skull on this treasure chest that magic bites people. Okay, but if the ship, the Scarlet Skull, because that because Long Ben appears on the Scarlet Skull, right? Like the the Scarlet Skull comes to menace the the Cassandra. Is that what happens, or do they go to land? They go to land. They they go to land. Yeah, they go to land. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Uh, all right, so <laughs> they go to land and they're like, "Hey, give us our uncle back, Dickweed." And he's like, give give me what's mine. But this time, specifically, I want my leg back. That's right. You've been walking around with my leg. And, they, and they're like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Here you go. Give us our uncle. And he's like, no, I'm a fucking pirate. Can I just reiterate that they these kids just rolled back up on these skeletons and they had a <laughs> bag of guns they could have brought with them? <laughs> yeah, Dude. That would have been sick. Just like, I'm not really into gun stuff, but like just blowing away some skeletons yeah. with some assault rifles would be pretty cool. Yeah. I'm into catharsis. And, and a, what is a gun but a catharsis machine? Yeah. And, but I guess, I guess kids mowing down a bunch of, uh, a bunch of adults who wronged them is not, <laughs> probably not a good idea. 
for a scholastic well so is getting on a boat with two poloed men but you know it's true lots of bad decisions already happened can't edit it all out I want to clarify for you, Kevin, because you you were you were you were uh, you were beating yourself up for being wrong. I believe the Scarlet Skull ship does rise from. It the does. Depths. Oh my god, it does. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, we we had seen whoa. it. They had crashed the sub into it originally when it was sunken, and then after Roger and Goldie fall, uh, perception check and touch the chest and die. Mm-hmm. It is the the Scarlet Skull. I I guess just because. It is time to do so. It it rises, and yeah. that is Captain Ben and Doctor D are on. Yeah, it does chase. Oh, they're on the the ship when this happens. Yeah, yeah. It, it he's gone full Davy Jones at this point. I don't know why the ship rose when it did. Maybe that was mentioned. Wow, I read this earlier today, and I forgot that that's exactly what happened. Wow, because I know I pictured this final showdown with Billy like hucking the spear at Long Ben. From a ship to a ship. It's on the high seas, which makes it even more impressive of a throw. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think it is from Roger and Goldie's ship towards the Scarlet. So I thought no, that they was... get they get back on the they get back on Cassandra. They, they take... they're on the Cassandra because they... the Cassandra bumps into the tiny yeah, ship. They have to take the the treasure chest onto the Cassandra, and they're very careful about not touching this the Red Skull. This is a massive ocean, and these boats are all just like bumping into each other, like it's like toddlers. I in a know pool. they just sneak up on each other. <laughs> on, on top of it all, this is like a goat corn wolf problem of wet, wet. <laughs> where's the chest? Where's the pirate? Where's the uncle? Where's, where's the, the leg? Uh-huh. Where's the leg? Yeah, you can't take the pirate away from the chest because then he'll he'll eat the chest. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Billy Billy throws the eternal staff, taking he does the literature. He takes what law what Doctor D had taught him. Mm-hmm. Yep, he throws he the spear. Ben is his sister and throws the spear. <laughs> yep, and hits him right in his weak point for massive damage. Yep. and <laughs> it, it it knocks. The captain overboard, and then the ship, because it's bound to the captain, I guess, also just sinks. Mm-hmm. Which is fucked up, because skeletons typically have resistance to piercing damage. Not this yeah! one. Yeah! You need bludgeoning damage. Especially yeah. high-level skeletons. That was the hubris of these skeletons for trying to keep their skin on them. <laughs> Dr. D should have instead, in the beginning of the book, been teaching... <laughs> Billy how to club seals. He should have been teaching him the three types of damage. Piercing, <laughs> slicing, <laughs> and, and and smashing. Those are the three yeah. types of damage and he needs to know how smashing. to apply them. Smashing. Yeah. That way he could have that way he could have brought the uh the eternal staff down uh on on Captain and shattered mm-hmm. it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and uh even even fucking better. Even fucking better. He's saying to himself, balance, aim power that's his mantra like yeah. he's remembering the teachings of his of, of dr d and i feel like in my in, in the cinematic eye of my mind i can see dr d mouthing the words balance aim power <laughs> and when he, <laughs> when he says it. balance he swings a sword when he says aim he, sp- <laughs> he stabs a spear and when he says power he smashes with a smasher <laughs> <laughs> fucking smashes him dude smashes him <laughs> and then uh and, and then Dr. D closes his eyes and says, I trust you, Billy. You're ready. <laughs> and, then, and then he fucking skewers the, the and captain. Billy has the best moment of his entire life, which is one-shotting an entire pirate ship. Blam. The dungeon master says, well, it's already 1030 and we have work in the morning. <laughs> so I guess the final boss is going to die to one Yeah, speed. you struck right at his cursed heart you didn't know about. And it took the whole thing down. Yeah, you hear. Uh, is a nine enough? It was like, yeah. <laughs> 
It's very good, Kevin. Yeah, let's get let's get this over with. Uh, and <laughs> and then back on the boat, we have a brief like, um, what happened, Doctor Science? Where uh, Doctor D says that the smoke cloud transported them to the dead zone, and they were in fact in the world of the dead. Well, and they have to escape the world of the dead, which is cool. I will say that this is a device that RL does not use enough, which is yeah. the defeat of the of the villain of the story, and then the escape, the flight from danger afterwards, which I think yeah. is always a very exciting way to have like a really nice climax at the end. I know that I know that ultimately this the the uh the thing that that Billy learned has been used already and it's a little more you kind of want to end on that. But yeah. I do think that the flight from danger is a nice a nice little device here and I'm glad that he worked it in there. And they do escape from the dead world. Yeah. Well we have we have a we have a, a cliffhanger ending. I, I completely had blocked out the dead world to be honest. Uh it's fine, Chad. Sometimes sometimes you gotta protect your own brain from the dead yeah, the your, dead zone. Your RL immunity <laughs> popped up and, and went into full <laughs> and went into full uh, uh lockdown mode. Don't worry. They got out of the dead zone. They were in the dead zone that explains why there were skeletons and skeletons with skin and uh, and all that stuff and why the ship was able to come up out of the ocean. But they it returned. sure as fuck doesn't explain why there were the poloed photographers that were skinnable in the dead world. In but I want to hear that story. Yeah, no, yeah, they must have also just the 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 black smoke that brings you to the dead world is its own story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, and I want. I mean. I want the black smoke that brings you to the dead world to come back. Let's see more of that. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Hopefully it comes back to the second half of the story, which we're going to get to in one second. But before we get there, real quick, they decide to radio for help. And the spooky, scary Skeleton song that we heard earlier begins to play again. Good ending. Oh, shit. Solid, solid twist ending. Thank you, RL, for that one. Good ending. Nothing could possibly ruin it. Like a tie-in to a... (laughs) Less interesting overarching plot. Like the most half-assed uh, uh, cinematic universe ever invented that is occurring before our eyes. So we're in we're in book two, and already I can see why Horrorland is not going to work. <laughs> 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 and it's because all these kids are too goddamn similar. Oh my god. When it went, so they meet up with the two Revenge of the Dummy protagonists, Molly Malloy. And yep. uh, Brittany, Brittany Crosby. And I automatically forgot who everybody was. And we have two yeah. more uh, regular old name kids hanging out <laughs> with them. And then we throw in a third kid for good measure in this one. And yep. it, a fifth kid. A fifth. I'm sorry. Well, well, yeah, sorry. We, yeah, a fifth we kid. All, yeah. The, the, the last kid we meet in this, we don't know yet because he is not until the next horror land. Yes, book. Monster Blood for Breakfast, which has a cool looking cover. You know how superheroes have like colorful costumes mm-hmm. and like maybe some sort of like power that's their shtick, like mm-hmm. a feature, or mm-hmm. maybe they have like a story or like traits. <laughs> yeah. You can't just put a bunch of fucking random kids. That have no traits and no, and and they're all at the end of their arc is the other thing. Yeah, they all have nothing more to accomplish in life. That's that's something was interesting about this is it requires a reset of what happened in their past book. I I don't recall. It's been several months since we I, read the I last. Do, I thought about this while we were reading Chad the, in Revenge of the Dummy. They do. I remember. I remember making a note. They do not comment 
on what just happened to them in that one. At least the, <laughs> they just get an invitation they just, to Horrorland yes, and go. They just show up with the parents who were a part of the 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 slappy storyline that occurred, and nobody's talking about it. They're burying it deep down inside of them. Billy Deep Williams's imagination and his spear throwing acumen do not come up at all in this side they story. Do not. It's it's insane. It's insane. Maybe yeah. he'll have to get in the Ava and throw the spear of Lajanus <laughs> at some point. <laughs> they, I, I it, but it's like the we 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 didn't even barely mention the cliffhanger of the last book. Of the last part of the story is just right. They are looks like we got home. The Red Skulls no longer got power. And that cliffhanger of on the radio, they're hearing pirates chanting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if that was just the normal Goosebumps book, we we're like, uh-oh, there's another adventure that happened to them that really went bad. And boy, oh boy, uh, they're they're in for some trouble. But we never find out what happened with that because suddenly just a year later or whatever, <laughs> sometime in the summer, Billy and Sheena got an invitation to Horrorland and just said, let's go. Yeah, they're there. Yep, they're, I mean, you know, maybe that says something about the quality of humankind is that they just kind of want to be okay. Like, you know, like, oh, sure, we, that was last year with, with the pirate outbreak, you know, the pirates that killed all the people. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, nothing has changed me in how I view mortality nope. and that I know a dead zone exists <laughs> nope. or it's it's a shame that our uh-huh. uncle got torn apart by those pirates who had reached the the docks before us, but we fought our way out and then when we got home we found a ticket to Horrorland and we said we should forget our troubles. It's just we're on our way to Horrorland. Yep. That's what I'm saying. It's just like it's the cinematic universe that he's building <laughs> with zero <laughs> thought put into it there's no there's no rhyme or reason to it there's it's purely just there is there is rhyme and reason to it and the rhyme and reason is he gets to write a little bit less of a book Mm -hmm. (laughs) in exchange for writing kind of some of a book that is not going anywhere really I almost wish we could just get all of this at once instead of having to spread it out across. And we'll, we, we should. But then probably... we would remember none of these traits. Like that, then, like Brittany, true, Molly, yeah. um, Beepus, and Sheeners <laughs> would become <laughs> Beepus <laughs> would become even like stranger shadows in our but mind. It's not like I, I don't recall anything in the second half of this book, which is all in the Horrorland story now. Mm-hmm. I don't recall anything that was related to Billy or Sheena. That felt like, oh, because they were those characters who had that experience in in Creep from the Deep, they are bringing that into this adventure. They even go, one of the the rides, I guess that counts as a ride or an attraction, is Kevin's favorite, a quicksand right. ex- experience. Right. Now, I'm not saying a man, I'm not saying Bill Nye the Science Guy cannot engineer quicksand as we imagine it in terms <laughs> What I'm saying is naturally occurring quicksand is something you're simply not going to stumble upon. Much like the man-made pit trap that the kids fell into this thing that was def- in this book that was definitely not quicksand, quicksand can be manufactured and made to act as we imagine it does in movies and books. Quicksand isn't scary, humans are scary. Am am I wrong though in that like there's no moment when they are again I, I kind of want to highlight these attractions because I think they're the most interesting thing in all of Goosebumps is the Horrorland ideas is like oh this one look there's some kids at the beach and they seem like they're struggling and 
that's that's fun. I guess I'll go ahead and get in there. It must be a fun time. And then when they're on the ride or walking across the rope bridge, like, I can't find the kids anymore. That's weird. There's never, like, a moment when, as they're walking across, he goes, like, I remember what I learned in the deep. Mm-hmm. Like, or I, I, I remember how Dr. Deep had, had taught me to spread your weight across so you don't sink in. And or, I, my, or my diving ability has given me super strong lungs. Yeah, anything. <laughs> it's, it's nothing. There's nothing about that previous book that is applying to this adventure. So it might as well be other kids. Right. Yeah. Sheena has completely different traits. She's boy crazy now. Like, but, but the other thing that, I hate to say because Chad, you seem to like the Horrorland concept a lot. I yeah. think this Horrorland <laughs> shit is as tired as the fakeouts. Damn, damn! It's the same shit over and over again. I, well, it's not liver and onions ice cream. It's just chocolate. I know, and it's the little like uh, letter that they send them, giving them their tickets, is all the same series of jokes of just punned up. You know, there's a lot of and and resort uh, resort terminology. And it gets like it just just gets played after a while. It's played out. Can can I defend? Uh, I might regret saying this because I know we're only a couple books into Horrorland. Okay. Yeah. What what I think I like about Horrorland as a concept, and it, yes, it falls away as soon as you start to think about what the infrastructure and the logic of this place is. Mm-hmm. Yes. And based off the first book, I guess this park mostly still exists as a way to get footage for a reality show. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. I I think that's still canon to these to this place. We have to we ha- Chad, we ha- we simply have to operate under that assumption. Yes. We and, have to. And you know, so, some social commentary there, okay? A little bit. But th- there's some at least in the first couple Horrorland books and now it's feeling less and less. It I got the assumption that kids are dying at this place. Doesn't seem that way. Sure doesn't seem if you that way. On the doom slide. <laughs> You would, you would actually, there are kids on the doom slide who are falling forever. But now it seems more often, and, and, the, and our characters we followed to Horrorland were the lucky ones who survived. They are the ones who, who ran through the Takeshi's Castle maze <laughs> and never hit a wall. They yeah. went through doors every time. The, spe- that metaphor the makes special sense. ones. Yeah, I love Takeshi's Castle. Yeah, so they yeah. got super lucky and they never ran into a fake, fake door. And, now I'm like, it seems like every kid who comes here actually survives and no one actually dies because the sand trap thing is, oh, we're sinking. I'm going to choke down here. Oh, no, actually, it's a, just a trick water slide. I had a fun little ride there at the end and all the kids are here. So no one's dying. Mm-hmm. But is it a dying? Is it a bad place? Or is it? Or are you just not in on the joke? Is it? Is it bad? And in the in the books, they're like, yeah. In like the previous Horrorland entries, it's like, yes, Horrorland is it's a bad, bad place. But now they're like, it's not bad. They're just playing pranks. Although there are cops, and if you cheat, they'll arrest there you. Are, there are cops, <laughs> and if you have a the the weird credit card thing, yeah. Let's talk about the, let's talk about the gray card. That's really the only talk about the, the, yeah. besides the quicksand thing, which is just a another ride. Uh, they do see a boy playing games, and he's tapping a. a gray plastic card on the side of the game each time he plays it and every time he does it he wins uh and even though they've watched this occur three times billy simply cannot put together what is happening (laughs) i did not understand if this was a credit card if this was like a david buster's power card uh 
If this was a magic Yu-Gi-Oh card, if, if this was a card control. captor Sakura like cloud card, like yeah, 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 yeah exactly. It, it I couldn't tell what it described uh, until they tried it. He also uses it to open a door. I'm assuming like a credit card. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's happening or why it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> but a, a, a kid is winning all of these games because he has a great card, and he says a horror yep. gave it to him. Yep. Yeah. And per- perhaps part of La Resistance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, see, that would be interesting. I a think secret there is. resistance in Horrorland. I think there is a La Resistance. Yeah, it seems like there's the a horror. La Resistance. Because I think it's been so long since we read that first one, but I do remember there being a La Resistance in that as well. I completely see. That'd be great. Or they or they're unionizing and they bring up a big old monster rat to the gates of Horrorland. Now that would be and they're sick. like pay your workers and they say there's a there's a big p on the on the on the card but the rest of the name is scratched out so it's obviously puff, puff daddy puff daddy <laughs> Could be. Uh, is there a famous p character that i'm not thinking of slap slappy <laughs> <laughs> it's it's wait it's just the middle part of the just word the is of his name. <laughs> one p Slap. remains yep one p remains uh and it's just kind of like oh but also this kid is matt daniels and you don't know who he is yet but you, you will next book you will know the name matt daniels <laughs> matt daniels bold of them to assume uh, that i will read and care about the next book <laughs> Both of them to name somebody Matt Daniels and make me feel anything. <laughs> you find it scary that the last big fright of the book is is not a horror. It's not an attraction. It's not the the playpen. Which it's a it's a fake out. It's a it's a multi week well, fake out. It is. Well, I don't know. It's like oh we we see oh there's Brittany and Molly. They're trapped in a coffee shop. Like I read was that just like someone locked the door and they got stuck in there. Well, yeah. the last the last. Fake out is actually I'm invisible. Right when they look in the mirror, Sheena's gone invisible, which I assume will one of these next Horrorland books will do a let's get invisible callback or something. I'm not invisible. It was just a house of mirrors. Do you, but do you know <laughs> the potential of this play the, of of Horrorland? I uh-huh. don't. I don't know the potential. Like, so so when they go when they went to the plate when they're like oh we we went through the slide and we landed in the playpen my mind immediately went to. The, one of the current fascinations that young internet horror is like is about oh the back rooms, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like the back rooms, you guys know what the back rooms is? No. Yeah. I mean, I know of I know of back rooms in real life, but I don't know. What it's just what about. if what if office building was repeating and scary? Yeah. What if you found like the space be- the between worlds, the space between the Dave Matthews Band song about, mm, mm-hmm. and it was like endless corridors, and it has since morphed over time into. I don't find this part as scary, but it's a big thing on TikTok of like, what if there were infinite slides or what would there was a giant ball pit? Like people, kids are already responding on some basic level to infinite liminal spaces that look like they are cute and kitty. It's the entire Five Nights at Freddy's thing. Right. I'm sorry, I'll get off the soapbox. But like, <laughs> you just say it, RL was on to something accidentally with horror land yeah and he's soon to the playpen i'm like oh there's gonna be like there's gonna be like something evil in the ball pit there'll be like a snake in the ball pit and they have to watch out no there's nothing chad saying that rl was on to an internet trend that i personally could not give less of a shit about does the not kids en- love it kevin does not endear me to your cause <laughs> i dare i dare both of you i'm gonna send you guys some back rooms compilation videos all right let's see them 
and just guys in hazmat suits exploring back rooms and then like let's get on this slide oh there's a string man coming at me whoa and let me guess there's a massive shared universe and they're all connected so they don't have to tell a story that's uh, pleasing they just have to tell one that's connected to en- enough stories that you forget that it's doing anything <laughs> <laughs> I am someone who was trying to make a living as a storyteller, and I went down a rabbit hole today about skibbity skibbity toilet. Oh, I saw that. You sent that over. I knew we couldn't make it through. I knew we couldn't do it. It was a stupid meme, but now there's like a horror lore to skibbity toilet because kids latched onto it. They needed a narrative. They're like, well, in the third skibbity toilet video, the silly facing in skibbity toilet is on a tank. Which means there's an evil empire. Like, that is literally how the meme is coming first and the lore is coming second in a way that is inspiring and frustrating, Kevin. Well, R.L. Stein already, uh, already, already started this decades ago. So you're behind the yeah, times. Yeah, R.L. Was a, it was a trailblazer. Chad, I will say the kids did not need whatever the fuck that thing you said was, but they, also, they, they, they someone super needed a paycheck. It's, you know, it's, and it's also a techno dance remix of the Nelly Furtado song from 2004, like that, when, when Nelly Furtado and Timbaland were doing stuff, and the kids don't know that, and that's making me feel old. <laughs> Chad, there's a whole world out there, you know, like there's, yeah, there's a whole back rooms. <laughs> no, there's just there's just this one life we get. <laughs> <laughs> And that's a buds. <laughs> Will we find out what happens to to these kids next time? Yes, because we are going to keep reading these Horrorland books. Oh my god, there's another 20 of them. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode of Goose Buds and you'd like to support us somehow and get access to... You know, polls and episodes of Camp Goose Buds. The you sound so sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I know. Like, you're, you're, let me let me spin it a little bit. We're at a bit of a nexus, listeners. There are many choices for us to to many paths for us to go down. We can continue down Horrorland. There's the Goosebumps TV series. There's the Give Yourself Goosebumps series. There's an endless array of children's books. We could choose any of them. And you know what we like to do? We like to make polls on our Patreon that you can join today and you can vote and tell us which way to go. And bonus, you get an extra episode of this podcast every month. It's called Camp Goosebuds. It's us goofing. Uh, We're going to make 666 of them. Can we say say Goosebuds RPG is coming back yet? Can we just confirm that? Like we just uh, say it's coming it was back. our most voted selection <laughs> from people on the Patreon who wanted to see more Goosebuds RPG episodes. And it's coming back. Thank you, patrons, for for supporting Goosebuds RPG. I can't wait to run more Goosebuds RPG. I've got it's a lot of great. ideas, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you. I'm for, very excited for, for upvoting Goosebuds RPG. It's going to be great. You, too, can be a part of making that happen. Join patreon.com slash Goosebuds and get some Camp Goosebuds and get some uh, votes a-going. Also, hey, if you want to uh, check out some ways to also support the show and dress your body, you can go to Goosebuds.store. We got some cool Goosebuds merch uh, with our some original art made by supporters and fans of the show and friends of the show. And uh, it's very chilly right now across the world. Get a nice Goosebuds sweater. Maybe us as N64 uh, Glump Cube boys. Get it for your meat skeleton. 
yeah, maybe we make polos so you can not be trustworthy. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> we, could, we could maybe make a polo. That's what you want. Anyway, I think this has been a buds, like you said. Uh, yeah. Anything else y'all want to check out? Uh, I would tell people Star Trek Prodigy is back on back on the air, boys. Uh, show I worked on as a producer and writer is on Netflix now, and you can check it out. Uh, watch it soon. Netflix cares if you watch stuff in the first couple weeks. Go watch it, please. Watch, watch, watch. It's good. Thank you. I, I, I seriously love it. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. I I just want to plug really quick. Uh, watch the curling episode on Continue. Uh, it's oh yeah, it's such a descent into madness. <laughs> it taught me more about people and behavior than like perhaps any video on YouTube. <laughs> it was beautiful, and I learned about curling. <laughs> and if you if you like that episode, there's a second episode where we just do more curling. So you can double down oh, on the shit. curling if you'd like. Oh shit, that's the Nagano Winter Olympics one. Yeah, we right? just went and played another game and just did the curling mode throughout for the whole time. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I love curling month. Curling Fortnite, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, uh Paul, Kevin, anything else you want people to uh, Kevin, you said continue. Paul, I said continue. Else? That's all I can say. That's all I want to say. Give KevinMoney.com also for his amazing stuff in Space Kings. Please. Uh, <laughs> just um say the word skeleton a bunch. It's real fun. Thank you all for being on this wonderful journey with us. Excited to celebrate this 10th year with you all. Uh, until until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. This episode of Goosebuds was brought to you by our lovely Patreon supporters, and they are enshrined here forever in the Book of Names. The Book of Names. We'd like to thank Stefan Jive Turkey Kuwabara. Hollis Hornbeak. Low Belly Hate Me. Nathan Dolezal. Mike Lanteri. Mickey C. Michael McDowell. Hey, Josh Rob. Cameron Murphy Audio. Buddy Morrill. Mel Dipson. Alecade. Afshim, Dango Twist, Zentacles, Stealth Bates, Robert Moon, Brian Wells, Cha Cha, <gasps> Jason Crooker, Babam, Miguel Pardo, Ding Ding Ding, <laughs> John Keaty, Clay Castle, Calf, The Juggalobalists, <laughs> Right Aid sucks <laughs> and is committing fraud. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I'll look it up later. <laughs> Tell us more. We need to dig into this. <laughs> I believe it. Right, Right Aid sucks. Gregory D. Warren. Cody Redfield. Bradford Coulter. Aiden Praise that Ice Worshippers get fat stacks. Yeah. Charge our slips. You don't you don't want fat stacks? We worship the ice dying. <laughs> I kinda want some fat stacks though, so I, I might flip. Yeah, uh, you know well, what? Can you at least put aside your dogma for like a month just to get yeah. some fat stacks? I got uh, I have no standards. I will I will totally throw all of my beliefs out the window for fat stacks chosen one levi than up and champ jonas engman the john d and Catherine t MacArthur foundation carl <laughs> i chat sad dog in the background <laughs> <laughs> I, I could move archie no, i just imagine he's sitting in the middle of the rug looking at you he's just pacing <laughs> in the circle he's just not happy with the bed he has right now. I, I thought he was playing a recorder, like a sad song on the recorder. Just <laughs> like, playing through hot, hot cross buns. Anthony Mulberry. Yanni Markovina. Elusive Koala. Christian Von Skeever. Brooke X. <laughs> P. 
Jesus Christ. Jeremy Lowe. Brian Hobgood. Zach Connor. Patreon underscore donator, comma, yo. Joe Spooky Digital Ghost Tierney. You guys keep doing the books while I move my sad dog. Leave this all in the record. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Tom Whittem, I'm just going to sit on your name for a little bit and hang out while we wait for a sad dog to be removed from I'm not the room. speed time. Lord Cornwall. Oh, all right, well, I guess it's me again. Andrew Jadzik is deciding between Poor Things or Godzilla Minus One as his movie of the year. That's a good, that's a good Great uh, matchup. I like that a lot. Murphy P. Carson Birkinbean. Tevin Ticklebean, hidden in the trees outside Ice Church with Egg Sock. Egg Sock? <laughs> I'm scared. What does Egg Sock do? You don't want to get beaten with that Egg Sock. You're going to get whiplash. <laughs> it's, like a one shot. it's a one-shot, a one-use <laughs> item. 999. Or you can, you can, it's 999 and then one damage from there on out. <laughs> one, one damage applies sticky. I'm back. Where are we? Sean Minogue. Rushy Glenn. You get to wiggle it, Chad. Wiggle it! Yeah! Back. Luke LaFountain. Matt McClellan. Chip Handsome. Alicia Grafe. Tanya Turtle. Juan Jalapena. Timothy Misudulakis. Reinfected. Keith Halcrow. Clay McCarty. Parker Lee. Ham underscore boat. The Crow fans, but seasonal. Sarah Kemp. Raymond Hernandez. (laughs) Matthew Sutton. Jonas Blotterman. John Barber. Jeff Coffey. Ah, pour me a cup of him. Kelsey (laughs) Kinnaman. Yeah, add a little Kelsey Kinnaman to that Jeff Coffey. Sorry to put you guys together if you don't know each other. (laughs) We're not shipping you, we promise. We're not shipping you, but just like, if you fused into a cinnamon coffee, that'd be pretty cool. Russell Kasperg will officiate your wedding, though. Xavier Jimenez Castillo. Castillo? Scotty Pippen. Chris Putrekis. Flemily. Tobias Clark. Dungeon Kappa. Alex Moon, the robotic dog. Zach Weir. Paul Grasso. Limp Duck. Joe, regular name Scott. Ice Ascendant Hamster. Rise. Rise. Meet Virginia. Luke Noodles. Zambambino. Hugh Bolin. Estamena, Lord of Paul's Pants. Chris, Spooky Jim Shorts, and a 4XL t-shirt, Stiffy Nelson. I think that t-shirt Stiffy got bigger. Good for you, man. Long streak. Kieran McNamara. Diet soda. Lamb. Nathan Remick. Jackie Ledoux. Coleman Laguza. Need more kimchi. That name lives rent free in my head. I think about it all the time. A pair of Scots. We would. Reed Steubendiek. Levi Kidder. Getting frisky in the lobster biscuit. That <laughs> is regional to me. <laughs> David Gray. Matthew Bretado. Joey Evans. Bryce Deury. Paul, I'm still in your van. Are you aware that there's a living doll in your bedroom closet? That's Mr. Bad Boy. Carewise <laughs> <laughs> Gamgee. Jonas Enevoldson. Cameron Hansen. Boney. A wild, swaggy Yolo Squire appears. Some of Chad's bird friends chirp happily at Canadian Ghoul. That's some good millet. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Joe Gorman. Burgers overturned cup boiling. <gasps> Free the entity. Mm. Yes. Perhaps if there was some cash incentive to free the (laughs) (laughs) The deadly bulb. Tacky Tammy. Nicholas Maloney. Generally depressing. Andre Villanueva. Tiffany Lee. Eric Horwitz. Ben Bohan. Thomas Chances. Mutant astronaut. Lucretia McEvil. Henry Torbear. Bonergard Epsilon Hamilton, a.k.a. Hambone, host of Radio Bonaire. Anthony made a funny name. Please laugh. Please laugh. Ha ha. I'm going to laugh like RuPaul does in Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Nap. Germ juice. 
Calamity Carl. Nick Johnson. Logan Derby. Chick. Brad Schmelzer. Callum. Mr. Misfire West. Skeletorin. Mandy Nasty. Yoplin. Ryan Carroll. Jeremy Bowser. Philip Reynolds. Megan McCormick Mason. Ninja Brad Men. Nate Bit G. Mr. Unimportant wishes you a fine Slinks Miss with your loved ones. I had a great Slinks Miss. Thank, Thank you. you. I didn't have one thing come out of my stocking. Baz Gerritsen. Scott Wable. Ryan R. Davis. Hellodicus Frenchlin. Oh, Aaron Lord. Oh, Aaron Lord. Oh, <laughs> Rocco. Oh, my Aaron Lord. Aaron oh, Lord. my. <laughs> oh, May Gal Bay Gal, a.k.a. Omegle Bagel, a.k.a. George, a.k.a. Josh. Oh, man, Josh, I get, like, motion sick from that one. <laughs> 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 Dr. Chalk. Oh, going a little shorter there, Dr. Chuck. F-Dog. Robot Arena. Llama Lab. Greg Musto. SSJ Trogdor. Sprinkle Buns. Hi, first time, long time. Allie Rhodes. Hilda B. Mike Spaghetti Jones. Holly underscore Sutz. <gasps> My cart. Kate the Great. Red Baron makes delicious pizza. Me and Polly Shore watched Twin Peaks on a Skype call and he did not get it. <laughs> Expected. <laughs> That's Skype's fault, really, if anything. <laughs> Skype Skype dropped that. Gulliver. Cassandra Harris. Soggy Newspapers. John W. Dakota Kemp. Chris Kulik. This next name is my favorite. Kira and Brian are big fans. Big Nick Lane. Saturn Video. Blake Cabin. Dan Antonio. Kiwi of Lerve. Sierra Killer X. Farah. Quest humbly asks, whoever reads this for a goblin to grade? How about Ooh. all the goblins I just killed in Baldur's Gate? I, th- oh, I, no. threw, I threw them into the spider pits. Uh, I did that too. Fuck those goblins. There's a really, there's a really cute one that I find if you find a hidden little pa- uh, uh, side waterfall, and he is writing poems about Minthara. Uh, I think his name's like Craglore or something. Find out whatever he is and grade him. Into the cave with him. Jesse. Into the cave. Th- yeah, then throw him into the cave. Kit Bush. Cole Gleason. Chris Curto. Sarah Sin. Michael Malloy. Maybe r- related to Molly Malloy. Joe <gasps> for the Moon. Jesse Boggs. Dennis Wright. Cameron Gansevold. Rat IRL. Kyle O'Neill. Matt Scepter. Greg Javasi, a.k.a. Vizen. Goon Cahoots dipped in some dummy shit sauce. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> I called it when Nick Murphy pawed it tonight at 11. I wanna. I really want to know what the recipe for dumb as shit sauce is because mm-hmm. I do want some wings. <laughs> I, I, I think sauce. it's like an aioli in my mind. In my mind, it's honey mustard and like chocolate sauce or something. Ooh. In my mind, it's it's just fancy sauce with just ketchup and mayo with whiskey. In it. Turns you dumb as shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. B. Anthony Rodriguez. Wunderskin. Tanya Hyde. S. Just a alpaca queens. Jeff Big Baby and his wife, not a big baby. <laughs> Brody Danza. Anthony Stoker. Turaku, the thing that goes doink in the anime. Doink. Wonder skin feels like real skin. Max de la Fontanelle. Ooh, squishy. Dog lips <laughs> underscore Kojoyan. Always sounds filthy for some reason. I don't know what it is. Spencer Y. Robert Holden. Hurt, aka Cyberbully. Blue Gunge. I think we I think we shoved that in Robotnik's mouth in the last episode. <laughs> Tolene McFoot. Ooh. Bl- bl- blar- blarbin. Yeah, you got this. 
Marvin. Bjarndeer. Huh. Greb Comics pledges his sunbeam sword to the wisest wizard. You decide. Well, Paul's always getting staffs pledged to him, so I feel like Paul's probably the caster among us. I did come up yeah. with uh, dumbest shit sauce, too. <laughs> yeah, he did, invent, he did invent it. Dumb as shit a- sauce screams ranged DPS. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, guys. So I gotta go. We can't go into the raid yet. I gotta have. I gotta make my dumbest shit sauce for inside. Gotta, you got, well, you gotta prepare all your materials. Yeah. The DM's really particular about that. Yeah, he's got to sauce up before the fight. Starship Dash Nine. Logan Gilgus. Chris's casa contains cinco canines. Vosferat. <laughs> <laughs> This is a problem great one. Child, problem <laughs> Child great. 2 on DVD. I loved Problem Child. Great movie. That's a great one. Problem Child 2 is a fucked up movie, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Kumquat Behavior Podcast. I want to know. Canadian ghoul gives scritches and millet to some of Chad's bird friends. <laughs> R.I.P. Kyle McVeigh exploded at the climax of the future while trying to just say something. <laughs> Poor guy. Just trying to say something. I know, Kyle. I should tell him I'm sorry he died. Let him know he exploded. <laughs> Smellities. Nice, dude. LED. Angelo Edward Longton Santone. Clint Deer King. Wait, right? Yeah, Clint Deer King. Yeah. Agents Miskatonic. Nail Seven. Ooh. Caleb Snyder, Grand Master of Spells and Enchantments, pledges his wizard staff an ancient tome to Paul, who has the sun sword because he is the wisest, and he came up with dumbest shit sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Only the wisest can come up with dumb as shit sauce. Including the name for it. Lumo Nuva. Brian, you daft. Oh my god, I'm a tall glass of dumb bitch juice. But uh, nowhere, Lucas. Brian Storo. Ben Floyu, we saw your sayer. How do you say that? What's, nope, moving on. Gumblegore. <laughs> C.L. Stein, formerly C.L. Reagan. I see you in the Discord, C.L. Stein. Justin, always has been Justin. Yeah, Bob Cabbage, see? (laughs) (laughs) Number one gnome. Jolly old Jules. John Farrington. Jaybird. Ryan Coyle, hope it's the kid I grew up with. (laughs) Taylor finally caught up, Space Kings when Garofalo. (laughs) Oh, boy. Thanks. thanks. Space Kings, not space. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. But Kevin, when Garofalo? When Garofalo. You got Gene Garofalo? Is this how you're announcing it? Yeah, star of Mystery Men, Gene Garofalo. He's coming on the podcast. Garofalo when? God, that'd be sick. Matt Noah. MC Wright. Daniel Hirschberger. And welcome to the Book of Names, Quinn. And Nintendo 60 jorts. You're in here forever now. Ka-chunk. Thank you all so very much. We love you. Thank you for the support. We love you. Rat guy, tell your rat friends. There's, I know you got a lot of them. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.